Welcome back to the Imperfectionist Podcast. It's your host, Ashler, and... Asil. <laughs> and today, we'll be discussing a very relatable topic, and a really important one, too. It's imposter syndrome. Yep. And we have a lot of things to talk about this, some stats, some experiences, so tune in, and we hope you enjoy. <laughs> imposter syndrome so according to google this is a direct google definition (laughs) (laughs) imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a quote-unquote fraud despite external evidence of their competence these experience those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all they have achieved individuals with imposterism or imposter syndrome incorrectly attribute their success to luck or interpret it as a result of deceiving others so the actual definition yeah (laughs) it's pretty deep and you know, it's what's interesting is I didn't know that imposter syndrome was actually a common term until last year where I attended a it was a entrepreneurship event where a lot of women entrepreneurs came together and they networked, they sold their products. It was an opportunity for me just to meet new people but also um, see the type of local businesses out there and they had a panelist where they talked about imposter syndrome and that was when I was first introduced to the term and I always thought oh it's not just doubt it's not just not you being fearful or doubtful of yourself but it's that that internal internalized um, perception that you're a fraud at what you're doing so honestly I agree because for the longest time I didn't know the actual term I didn't know the definition either so I would always brush it off and think that oh I'm just nervous or like oh it's just a little mm-hmm. anxiety attack yeah. all that hit me all of a sudden and only later on I feel like the more this term became started becoming more popular the more I realized that maybe this is one of the things that I have experienced and still experience every now and then yeah, yeah. similar like during college I, I Throughout my entire childhood, I always had a level of confidence within myself in terms of doing things, but college was like where it really <laughs> put everything into perspective at UFT, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe I'm not that skillful after all. <laughs> maybe I'm not that smart after all. <laughs> you know, it really put, put that imposter syndrome to another level, but I just thought it was just doubt. Mm-hmm. And you know, doing research about imposter syndrome, I've discovered a particular statistics from a company that I was searching for. They say that imposter syndrome is common in the workplace, but it's predominantly experienced by women. In Canada alone, only 4% of CEOs are women and only 19.6% of board seats are held by women. So it's very interesting to see that, you know, obviously there's only 4% of CEOs who are women, um, but I'm sure 
being in that position where majority of the other CEOs of most corporate companies are men, they must have their imposter syndrome on a hundred. Like their level is high. Probably. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's like how how do they go through that and why? You know? To be completely honest with you, I was actually so surprised that imposter syndrome would be you know that there would be such a high difference between men and women experiencing it mm-hmm. because i guess I, uh, people around our age everybody's experiencing it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i personally have never noticed that let's say more of my male friends have imposter syndrome or like mm-hmm. more of my female friends have imposter syndrome until we started doing research for the purposes of this mm-hmm. episode and we found some interesting statistics yeah yeah so the question the following question then would be why do you think there is such definite the difference yeah difference in percentages mm-hmm. between men and women experiencing this syndrome um i based on my assumption i feel that women tend to experience this syndrome more than men based on underlying stereotypes about women in general like we're supposed to be a lot more softer um more humbled versus that uh competitive nature that someone who's aggressive and then because um way before world war ii um men would predominantly go to work right and they would come and bring in the money and the, and the wives would stay home and take care of the kids but then after world war ii you're seeing more women in the workforce and it's that dynamic mm-hmm. of women having to i feel like compete mm-hmm. with men to get on the similar level just to mm-hmm. be, feel respected mm-hmm. and not have to be looked at as a housewife or mm-hmm. such like that and mm-hmm we're blessed to live in a generation where there are more women working mm-hmm. in the workforce and more women who have higher level positions. Mm-hmm. I still believe though that there is that underlying uh, perception of women should, you know, just sit still and let the man do the stuff, sit still and the man should yeah. do, be in power, have their own opinions and, yeah. and say what they want versus no, women, you can do the same. But when we do reach that position we do have to always uh work harder just to be seen just to be like shown that we are skillful we we have we like we're meant to be where we're supposed to be we're not emotional we're yeah. actually bringing solid points exactly yeah. we're, we're bringing solid points we have our opinions we can do this but it's just that pressure on ourselves to always trying to be at that level with the male perspective that we are competent so we tend to feel like oh we have that that doubt that maybe i don't belong here but it's no you really do you are smart you are competent you have the skills um so that's my i could also feel like that could be a social and cultural thing um because i know that in so many cultures um, boys and girls are just raised differently Mm-hmm. So from a very young age, boys are taught to to lead, you know, to compete, to win, to express their opinions. And their family always encourages them in all their career, per, like the beginning and whatever they decide to pursue. 
Whereas with girls, it's more on the just just be quiet, just you know, mm-hmm. be gentle, be mm-hmm. feminine, be uh, don't be that, don't be too smart. You're gonna scare away people mm-hmm. around you. <laughs> don't be, I don't know, don't be again too smart because you're gonna start nagging people and that will be annoying. Even yeah. though sometimes I could see that it could be nagging, but at the same time, what if the person is actually saying something? meaningful right and what if it actually makes sense but because it's coming from a girl mm-hmm. it's automatically perceived as i'm like just just like read a book you know just <laughs> just relax <laughs> you don't you don't need to be this vocal about how you feel or what you think yeah and again maybe even if families were very encouraging of the girl and her dreams or and her thoughts doesn't necessarily mean that the social circle that she mm-hmm. grew up in was exactly the same about it. So I could see how, considering that in Toronto, for example, everybody came from all kinds of places, mm-hmm. that that social and cultural aspect can play a very huge role on whether people experience um, imposter syndrome on a higher or lower level. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you're just trying to get where to just move higher and elevate your status in in the workforce and stuff you that hits you it hits you like a truck (laughs) (laughs) it can even affect you not only in the career you know Mm -hmm. it can literally affect all aspects of your life oh absolutely yeah for sure especially if you want to like do something like say pursue a specific project outside of work related and you're like i don't know anything yeah like so what makes me you know competent enough to do something like this yeah. when i have like zero skills yeah and stuff like that yeah you know mm-hmm. for example every time when i write anything ever whether that's a, a poetry or a little bit of fiction i always ask who cares you know who's gonna mm-hmm. even bother reading this mm-hmm. and that's always it's a super negative self-talk i would say which is not right but at the same time i'm still trying to figure out what what to do with it yeah because sometimes when uh, people would reach out to me that they read something i wrote and they really liked it and that it made their day i just sit thinking really like Mm -hmm. really you took some time out of your first of all i'm super grateful but second of all like wow (laughs) somebody actually cares yeah um which is again i was always and i am still probably a little bit jealous of extremely i don't know confident and i would even say borderline ignorant people because it always seems like they don't they don't have those questions you know they just put it out there and that's it they don't ask (laughs) facts ignorance is a bliss because I mean, even on social media, you see so many people that post absolute nonsense, but they're so confident Confident. about what they post that even if you say something that, oh, this is stupid or whatever, they don't care. Mm -hmm. If somebody makes a comment, I'm pretty sure even in regard to this podcast that, oh, this is stupid, you and I are going to be depressed for like (laughs) a month. (laughs) Like, that's it. (laughs) Obviously, we'll, we'll bounce back. later but still i'm 100 percent sure that we won't be able to just completely ignore it and not let it affect Mm -hmm. our perception of ourselves yeah i totally agree and i feel like that comes 
to a talk about your inner self in a, in a way of to come back imposter syndrome I think you really have to have a really good sense of who you are in general like you have a good sense of like self-worth and self-love like I remember for me I experienced the most recent um, imposter syndrome last year when I first started working at my job as a digital marketer and I didn't go to school doing digital marketing I went to school doing science like purely research mm-hmm. all of that right so I learned four years of how to do research how to read scientific articles how to write scientific articles how to do lab how to analyze those statistics and then make conclusions from that but then as I finished school I decided oh maybe try digital marketing something more on the creative side versus like seriously analytical and I felt like a fraud like complete fraud for the first year because I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) to be completely honest but I had to like you know, show up and show and <laughs> show that I know what I'm doing, even though I felt like I did not know what I'm doing. I am still surprised to this day how I managed to get into marketing to this. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, okay, good to know. <laughs> but then, you know, I never thought of in the other perspective that, like, Ashley, you're so competent enough that you're able to f- get in a job that you have not studied for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very true. Yeah. But you, you put it, you, you're so, like, into it thinking oh I'm not smart enough I can't do this like I'm not that great I didn't study for this like I don't know what I'm doing but then if you think about in the other perspective you're like yo that's cool you did a complete switch and you found a job and you didn't even study for it yeah what (laughs) yeah and you know during my experience last year when I was just going through some projects where I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing I was doing research all the time I was on YouTube I was googling um, how to do something I was doing trial and error um, it really impacted me mentally because I was so unkind to myself because I was trying to be perfect but I kept messing up so that completely heightened my imposter syndrome even more mm-hmm. being like you are screwing up you are doing this wrong you're doing that wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like you clearly don't know what you're doing and I'm like I don't. <laughs> but we keep going anyways because I have to and I have to be resourceful and like Google everything and learn everything on the side. And, you know, after that experience, I'm like, I can't be cruel to myself. If I mess up, that's okay. You learn through the process. That doesn't make you any less incompetent. That doesn't make you any less of a failure instead you were learning something and I had to really change my mindset and my perspective of me just in the workforce and doing anything as thinking as a journey and saying you are loved you are amazing you can do this so I definitely feel that self-love is super 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 important when you have your moments or if you're experiencing it just knowing who you are and just being kind to yourself I so resonate with you when you were talking about the job because right now I'm looking for jobs actively (laughs) and also in digital marketing 
though I studied business, though it's a little bit closer in comparison to science, I would say, to marketing. But at the same time, this whole process of job hunting is a roller coaster. Mm, you know, yeah. where certain days you feel like, oh my God, I'm applying to all these companies. I'm going to show them how amazing I am. I'm going to, I don't know, they're not going to regret hiring me, etc., etc. We're going to build a, an amazing professional relationship. And then on the next day I wake up and I just feel like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is all, no, I will never, I will never get, get I'm going to die in the street. <laughs> oh, because it literally throws you from one extreme end to the other, mm-hmm. right? One, the positive uh, extreme side would be when you feel like, you know, all these companies would be more than happy to have you because you're an amazing, aspiring professional. And then the the negative extreme side would be that, oh my God, no, what if I'm not? What if they see that I'm not, I don't know, not not good enough for something? Yeah. Whereas honestly, at this point, I'm applying for entry level positions. So I don't even understand why I'm freaking out <laughs> that much. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when I talk to people that are more on the, that are already doing a managerial or supervisory work, and they tell me that they still feel like a fraud and they still feel like they don't know what they're doing. I just start asking, does anyone know what they're doing? Does any, <laughs> is, does anybody know? I can tell you this. I feel like with every position, um, as you continue to move forward and you progress, you won't know what you're doing because it's new. Like you'll, you have the, your experiences and your, your, yeah. your um, knowledge from the past but with a new position, it, the, the work is going to be different. Yeah. And you are going to have to navigate how can I do this work, still be of value, yeah. still perform, even though like I still don't necessarily understand what I'm doing or how to do something. Yeah. Um, so I think we're constantly going to feel this way. We're constantly going to have imposter syndrome. It's not going to go away. But it's just a matter of us learning how to like manage it or just not let it get to us, essentially. Yeah, you know? that's very true. Um, because even if it's not even work-related, if we... I don't know. I don't know. Is there imposter syndrome in relationships? Do you feel like you're a fraud as a girlfriend or wife? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think not the fraud part, but the not good enough part can really affect people's behavior in relationships. Not only romantic, but also friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes you would see a group of those quote-unquote cool people, mm-hmm. especially if you're younger, and then you think, oh my God, I so want to be friends with them, but what if I'm not, I don't know, cool enough or funny enough or yeah. adventurous enough? Even though you could be, but you're too scared to find out. That's yeah. why you never find out. Or even if you're just dating someone and you think they're just amazing and you're worried like, oh, what if they don't like me? Oh, what if I'm not like this enough? What if I'm yeah. not like smart enough for them? What if I'm not funny enough for them? Yeah. <laughs> like we start to think about like uh, how we're not doing the greatest things to them, and they're probably thinking, "Oh, this person's amazing." <laughs> probably, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they better think that way. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get that when I'm if I meet men who are like of in their thirties and stuff because they're very more mature. And I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> I disagree. I object. <laughs> I object. I don't think so. Mm-mm. 
I honestly think that you know we were kids and we would look at 20 years old thinking that oh my god these people they're adults they know they know what life is you know they mm-hmm. have their themselves together we're not allowed to swear on this podcast so <laughs> they have themselves together and then as you reach your 20s all of a sudden you really you realize that people in their 20s don't know anything True. about life or whatever they're True. doing about relationships about finances about mm-hmm. basically most of the aspects of their lives and then you start looking up to people in their 30s thinking mm-hmm. okay those guys probably have it all figured out yeah and then you start talking to people in their 30s and they also don't know <laughs> <laughs> the so only essentially we all don't know what we're doing yeah i think <laughs> the only difference <laughs> yeah because the only difference between people in their 30s is that probably career-wise and finances-wise, they're in a better place in comparison to us because we're just starting, right? Mm. But other than that, I feel like everybody is just equally confused. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's for sure, yeah. Okay, true, true. I get you. I get you what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was leading with this whole mini uh, finding in regard to age. And yeah, but that's that's fair. It, it, overall, it's just in general, you can feel like you're an imposter in anything in relationships Very true. and careers and um, you doing your own personal projects because there's so many things I always wanted to do, but I just felt like <laughs> I, I have my personal doubts being like, oh, you don't know anything. Like, yeah, you know, how can you say you're a beauty blogger? Like, you don't know anything about skincare or stuff like that. Yeah. I have my generalized knowledge and I have a passion for it, but I'm not a scientist. I don't know specifically what's going underlining yeah. underneath, even though I did study a degree about it. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Yep. You know, you just have those those lingering doubts around in that image that you're not a, a fraud. You're not, like, um, you don't have the expertise or the brains to do it honestly i so agree with you because even again one of the latest times i've experienced the imposter syndrome would be when i was at my friend's birthday and then one of her friends somehow when we were talking about work she asked me what would my career you know goal job what my like the ultimate Mm. that i would want to do would be and you know the the funniest thing is that obviously i just Let's say if it's a cur- one side of you is like, yeah, I want to become XYZ manager. I want to work at the XYZ company, etc. That's like the safe option. But then we always have that underlying deep down inside sort of dream, just like you were saying, I don't know, you and blogging about skincare. In my case, it would be actually publishing a book mm-hmm. of my own. And I know it deep down inside, but I can hardly ever say it out loud because in my head it's like, but who's going to read it? Like if I... Yeah. Because saying out loud is like admitting to yourself and sort of, you know, now people can hold you accountable because you, because you admitted that that's something you would want. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I feel like all of us have those underlying dreams or goals that we're just too scared to admit, and we're too scared to tell other people. And I think the moment you tell someone, it it kind of becomes a bit of reality like yeah like it's like oh it's such a far-fetched dream like what if it never happens type yeah. of thing so yeah. when you tell someone it's like it's solidified it's out there yeah kind of thing you know it's being manifested it's being by manifested. the universe <laughs> but i i feel that 
with with anything just go for it anyways like even if your imposter syndrome would be on the all-time high because you may say oh who's gonna listen to us who's gonna um resonate with this product or stuff like that the the other perspective of it is like what if like someone actually loves reading your your stories yeah. and your book like they completely resonated because it's your own experience right you're gonna find people who will generally relate to your experience because they themselves are experiencing it that's so very true yeah if you have a product if you have uh, a, a product <laughs> No, 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 a product. It it always, you know, it reminds me of all those business YouTube videos that are like, if you have a product, if you have a course that you want to sell, yeah, that's basically everybody is selling courses right now. Yeah, we should we should sell a course on how to create a podcast. (laughs) When we become great, I don't see why not. (laughs) Actually, that's very true. Yeah, but on the side note, though, for reals, if you have a dream of like, I don't know, you want to do catering business you want to cook you want to sell your food you want to um create your own line of skincare products you want to whatever you feel like you want to do um essentially there will be someone out there who is interested is my point (laughs) who can relate and who wants to experience it want to learn more about it want to hear more from you um and this point can also apply not only to professional life but to personal life either. Yes. So there will always be people who would want to, who would find you interesting, who would want to be friends with you, or I don't know, who would want to pursue something romantic with you, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So just because certain type of people did not like you or did not resonate with you, does not necessarily mean that there is anything wrong with mm-hmm. you. It does not make you less of an interesting person mm-hmm. less of a smart person less of a funny person it just means that this is not your not your squad you're like yeah. you're on different levels and again it's not about good or bad it's more about this is just not your not your group of people exactly it's not meant for you so why force something that isn't for you you know um and people will come to you based on just what you have to offer, your overall vibe, your overall competencies, your skills. Um, people, you'll be amazed at how people, when they look at you or meet you, they'll think you're so strong and powerful. But sometimes when we, to ourselves, we don't think that way. So I think it's always good to have that perspective of, you know, people do encourage you. People do look up to you. Yeah. Even when you don't look up to yourself. So yeah. that's why it's important to keep going. Just keep yeah doing it keep going move forward don't look back don't look sideways just move forward honestly i also feel like um sometimes maybe even talking to people that you personally really admire whether that's your parents whether that's your mentor whether that's your professor whoever that is whoever you look up to and just having this honest conversation in regard to how you feel and that you you are experiencing imposter syndrome right now can be very helpful because when those people tell you that hey look you're actually doing great mm-hmm. you're actually good enough smart enough i don't know pretty enough etc cetera, etc cetera. just we understand that you might not feel like this right mm-hmm. now but please don't be too harsh on yourself i feel like sometimes as much as we all promote, you know, self-love, self-help, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, maybe hearing it from 
somebody else, but somebody that you really admire and respect mm. and love could also be very, very helpful because you trust those people's opinions mm -hmm. and you trust, you know, that they wouldn't say something if it wasn't true. Very so true, yeah. it yeah. helps me a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Same here. Whenever I'm feeling just not capable, I would speak with my parents and they always know how to reassure me and make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, parents are next level. Next level, man. So needed, so needed. That's very true. Very, um, very true. But I've, I've also done more just things for myself too on the side, um, so so that whenever I am experiencing some level of doubt or fear, um, I'm able to combat it. For me, it's I I pray a lot, so I do express how I feel up to to God mm -hmm. and I ask him to help me with it mm -hmm. and like literally for me like after I pray I feel instantly better mm -hmm. <laughs> at peace maybe it's just a level of just letting it go and just like admitted it no one's around me but me and him <laughs> and he mm -hmm. knows he it, I do feel a lot better and then whenever I'm going through an episode sometimes as well I have to be like no actually you can do this you can do this you can do this just go keep going don't be too harsh on yourself if you mess up that's okay that means you learn for the next time that you make sure this won't ever happen again and so I actually yeah that's true yeah another thing could be well that at least helps me when I'm feeling low or when I start to doubt myself is to just look back and see how far mm, you've come true and how many times you saw that you're not gonna make it but then you made it mm -hmm. and then just think of how many times you felt scared or you had all those doubts and then you didn't stop and you made it to the other side and now you're here having all those new challenges having all those new feelings but essentially just keeping in mind that you already have been through so much yeah. that what is this? Yes, it could be a very challenging, annoying, frustrating situation, mm -hmm. but that that's not the end. Mm -hmm. And there is still so much more to experience, to explore. And just, as you said, don't, don't stop, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I feel like even, you know, trying to sort of turn off that voice in your head mm -hmm. and just keep going, keep going is the only way that works yeah yeah where yeah. you don't think about it you're just like i'm just keep doing it keep acting yeah another thing i um relating to your point i think it's very important is to celebrate your wins i had a hard time celebrating my accomplishment accomplishments i always just had the habit of toning it down be like oh it's not that great but no celebrate even if it's small because you're gonna remember it when in the future when you are going through something and you're doubting yourself you're like wait i did something super cool like a year ago or a couple months later that i never thought i would be able to do but i did it anyways so this is actually i'm so surprised that you brought it up but i couldn't agree more with you because i also have this thing and also after i get to a certain level or you know just like cross something of my to-do list mm -hmm. so per se um I always forget how much work was put into it. Mm -hmm. So, it's, for example, when I graduated and everybody in my family was like, oh, congratulations, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just sitting there 
I wasn't even able to relax and acknowledge the fact that that was four to five years of my life. And technically it is an accomplishment, but in my head it was like, okay, to the next, like, yeah. okay, this, uh, this is enough. What, what's coming next? Yeah. And I guess I understand why people do it, but that's not right either. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to this whole, where, where was I even leading this? <laughs> I actually wanted to bring up that story. Remember when I told you when I went to the Apple store? Mm-hmm. And basically the story is I had to go to Eaton Center uh, to Apple store. And the person who was assigned to assist me that day was a disabled person. Mm-hmm. And the lady, she was not deaf, but she couldn't talk. So sounds would come out of her mouth, but there were no words. And uh, obviously amazing for Apple to support people with disabilities. But at the same time, when you are doing a customer service related job and you cannot talk, you cannot ask questions or it's all, you know, half gestures, half like guessing, half drawing, it can be very, it is very hard. It's extremely hard. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I was just so confused about what was going on and I felt so bad because I generally want to understand what I'm being asked or like want to understand what's yeah. going on and I could see that the person is struggling to explain that to me plus with COVID plus with masks plus with distance yeah it all makes it even more complicated and I remember I left uh, the store with so many mixed feelings mm-hmm. and that was around the time when you and I were just talking about starting a podcast and I, oof, I'm I'm my voice is <laughs> I can't. Well, basically, I was thinking on my way back home that, oh my God, this person faces so many challenges on yeah. daily basis. And yet she wakes up every day and she still goes Close. to work. Like mm-hmm. she does not let this stop her from, you know, from, I don't know, supporting herself and her family, yeah. from pursuing a career from doing all those things whereas us or me specifically was who who can express herself through uh voicing whatever she mm-hmm. has on her mind is being all like oh I'm, I'm i'm shy oh i don't know i have all those doubts oh i'm scared <laughs> no that i'm so grateful to that lady because that was the moment when i saw to myself you know whether ash is doing it or not i will do it regardless just because i can't after seeing this i i mm-hmm. can't yeah there's no excuse like yes yes she has a lot going against her but she still is doing what she needs to do right yes and it may be a struggle for her but she's doing it and she's accomplishing she got a sale obviously. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i totally agree i think you know no matter what comes your way no excuse is great enough excuse for you to just not do what you really want to do or you know perform the way you want to yes as well so just keep going don't don't stop don't even if you're scared even if you're scared even if you have all those doubts because there's only one you Mm -hmm. and you're unique and you're amazing and uh Oh, just so many positive words. (laughs) (laughs) And I just have one last perspective to think about it. And I I got this from Heinz. If 
<laughs> Heinz is a actually his podcast is called Hindsight, but the he also has a YouTube channel yes, by he, the way. He also has a YouTube channel. And in fun fact, he's Canadian. But is he? Yes, he is. I had no idea. Yeah, he lives in Vancouver. He's what? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I thought he would be like in LA or something. Mm-hmm. You know? No, he's Canadian and he lives in Vancouver. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, now this information made my day. No, because it means he's somewhere close. Yes. <laughs> Very much reachable. Please tag him in the comments below. Yes, but about Heinz, I was listening to his podcast and he was saying, talking a lot about this whole of doubts and imposter syndrome as well and how he framed it in terms of overcoming it is think of it as resistance. Like if you're you're a person who likes to work out like me um and wants to grow muscle you your doubts is like your resistance pushing you from like not doing it but when you keep going when you keep pushing it you're essentially making yourself stronger you know you are growing in the process and you're gonna always have gonna have that type of resistance your fears your doubts you're gonna think you're a fraud in anything that you do but by continuing to move forward continue to push through it you're going to make yourself stronger in the end of the day so that's very true also to add to the point of being stronger and being persistent i feel like sometimes we get fixated on a particular goal Mm -hmm. so we don't see what else is out there Mm -hmm. so just because you failed in the certain area like was a certain i don't know was a certain company was um during a certain interview with a certain person in your relationship does not mean that you failed in life overall yeah, there exactly. is always another door window road country city and as a group of people like there is always mm-hmm. another option another possibility another opportunity so just like beyonce you're allowed to be sad for one day <laughs> then you need to bounce back and keep working <laughs> I keep saying I remember I watched only one of her interviews and this is the only phrase that I remember and I keep and I keep saying it wherever I go. <laughs> yeah, you have one day to be sad and cry, but the next day got to get up and keep going and yeah. keep pushing that those resistance, yeah. those fears, those doubts just keep pushing. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope we gave some really cool insight about imposter syndrome as you can tell we both experience it and we're both finding new tech techniques and ways of combating it and overcoming and i want to hear how you guys overcome your own imposter syndromes too so maybe in our comments on social media actually yeah that would be so interesting it'd be cool Mm -hmm. comments dms whatever you feel comfortable yeah message us we'll be happy to hear your stories and like have a conversation about it just keep in mind you're not the only one whatever you're feeling Mm -hmm. exactly you're not the only one we're still going through it we're just trying to find ways to push through it and yeah grow stronger yeah yay first season first episode (laughs) (laughs) we hope you enjoy we can't wait to see you in our next episode we'll be talking about dating dating yeah (laughs) Yeah, dating to date or to not date, that is the question. So we'll be discussing on dating as young millennials in a city specifically because we both live in In Toronto, America, yeah, Yeah. Canada. And how that's going. (laughs) 
I still can't believe that we're we're doing the that as our second episode. <laughs> it'll be fun. I think it'll be so much fun. So many interesting stories. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Hope yeah. you enjoy. We can't wait to speak with you in our next episode. See you. Bye.